G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, one of those who did suffer significant loss in the bushfires was Warren. Warren is joining us now. Warren, uh, you, your home is in Malua, just to the south of Batemans Bay? Uh, Malua Bay is the uh, name of the suburb. Malua Bay. Yes. So Malua Bay. Uh, Warren, give us a little insight into your own story. What happened for you? And uh, when This is two months ago, around about New Year? Is this it? was uh, New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. Yeah, we, were, uh, we had our family down. Um, we had two of our children and six of our grandchildren. Uh, they were all staying in the house. Uh, we vacated the house and uh, went to our caravan just to give them some space. Uh, and about uh, 4am we woke up with uh, choking smoke. Um, we went up to the house to get away from the smoke. Um, about 6 o'clock we got a phone call saying that uh, we should evacuate. Um, 6.10, the phone went off again with a, uh, with a siren in there saying, get out now. We uh, hustled all our kids and, um, and their children, our grandchildren, out of the house and sent them down to the evacuation centre at uh, Hanging Rock. Um, I hooked up the caravan and took it down there also. Um, then I came back to the house. At this point, it was only smoke. It was very, very severe. Um, I got changed into my firefighting gear because I'm a member of the Maroor Bay RFS. Uh, I haven't been all that active lately, but um, I know they have. They've been very active over the last several months uh, fighting fires all up and down the coast. Um, So I got on the back deck and um, was hosing everything I could, everything down. A um, uh, state forestry commission, uh, we call them Cat 9s, they're a smaller version, a little pumper arrived and I thought that's great got some help uh, the surf beach um, cat nine arrived more help the Malua Bay uh, group arrived with a cat nine and um, I thought this is great um, but then the fire came out of the Mogo State Forest which was just opposite where we lived and um, it it sort of paused for a bit and then just exploded across the road and uh, hit the house. There was nothing, absolutely nothing, that could have stopped it. Um, you could have had two tankers, a crew of 10 people, you just wouldn't have stopped it. A little bit like standing in front of the bushfire with your garden hose and hoping you're going to be able to fight this thing, but it yep. really just overwhelmed your home and uh, destroyed your home completely? Completely. It destroyed the home. We lost every all our possessions. Uh, the kids all lost their, their Christmas presents. Um, that we have a barn, um, a Quaker barn down the uh, down the hill, about oh, 50, 60 metres away. It went. It's still standing, but everything in it is just destroyed. Everything. Um, and as Ian said, you know, shovels great, but you need a handle. Um, I found shovels, uh, uh, mattocks, all that sort of thing. No handles, so you've got nothing, nothing to work with. Um, and we. We actually, I actually 
found out about Samaritan's Purse, uh, but I was a bit sceptical about what they could do for us. But as the days went by, I saw them around the area and I just stopped and uh, asked them what happens, what, what do you do, and they told me to give, give them a ring, which I did, and within 20 minutes uh, we had someone ring me back, ask me would it be alright if they came to the site, I said yep uh, he arrived and um, I'm, I'm sorry I've forgotten his name but uh, he arrived and then uh, he looked around and said look I've got a couple of crews down the road, they're just about to finish I'll send them up here, well 20 minutes later about 20 people arrived uh, just out of the blue and they said what do you want done <laughs> It and was, did you know where to start? Um, not really. Um, I'd seen them uh, taking down some small trees and things like that, which was, we had a lot of those small trees, blackened, absolutely dead. And I said, well, you could start by just taking down a few trees for us. And they just started. And I said, and anything else you, you think needs doing, by all means, just jump in. And uh, they organised themselves and... Um, they just did a fantastic job. Warren, give us a little insight here to how you were feeling when all of the... Um, no doubt you were probably numb uh, from the experience of having seen your home overwhelmed by fire. Mm. Uh, but you had your wife there. I think you said you had two kids and you had six grandkids. Uh, so they were all there, uh, part of the, the house, and no doubt I think they got out safely. But... But what about their emotional response to seeing what had happened? Well, they actually didn't see what happened. Um, we just kept them blissfully, well, not blissfully unaware, but we didn't want to scare the kids, uh, scare the grandkids. So we just told them they were evacuating because of the smoke. Um, we got them down to the evacuation centre, but um, they had been uh, told that the road was open heading north. They come from Sydney and Canberra, so... They took off up north, they all went north, and uh, they luckily got through. The road was closing behind them, um, but by the time they got home, our house had burnt down. It, it was totally destroyed. Um, it took a while for us to, um, uh, to let them know, but we thought it was important that um, we get them to come back and have a look, as it was for my wife too. Um, we went up the day after and we drove... We looked at our place and thought, well, you know, has this just happened to us? So we went for a drive around the area, and it wasn't just us. There was half a dozen houses within a kilometre of our place that are all totally destroyed. Just, it just must be devastating for all those other people as well. Warren, you've got a, a building, which is your home, burning to the ground, but inside the home... You've got memories. You probably had some time to salvage some things beforehand. I'll let, I'll let you uh, uh, in on, uh, let us in on that. But uh, those sorts of things that are precious memories, family heirlooms, things that are not easy to move, uh, photograph albums. I, what sort of things do you, when you think back on that, these are the sorts of things that you have really lost. Sometimes you can lose your family heritage because that's what our heritage is made up of, those sorts of things that we have some emotional sympathy attachment to. Well, as we live in a bushfire-prone area, we had taken some precautions. We'd packed some boxes with a bit of family history, um, that sort of thing, and they were in the back of my truck when we left, um, but that was about all. We, 
we had built this house. We finished the house in 2003, I think we moved in, and uh, we had decorated it as a country-style home. We had uh, a, a baby grand piano in there, um, an antique one, uh, Rudolf Steppenheimer. Uh, I think it was 1871. Wow. So they're things that you just cannot replace. Um, doesn't matter how much insurance you've got, you can't replace one of those. Um, we had lots of uh, an- antique music. Uh, when I say antique music, sheet music. We'd had that framed and on the walls and uh, you know just memorabilia that was all over the place. And uh, we can never, ever get that back again. Let's talk about emotions for a few moments because uh, I'm so pleased that you're here talking to us today and I think when you were invited to come and be a part of telling your story today, your wife was invited as well, but she still gets very emotional even just talking about what's happened. I mean, emotions... Uh, one of those things, you know, part of the grief process, no doubt, of what happens when you have a loss like this. Mm. But, but how's your wife hanging in there? Is she, uh, you know, she's um, she's starting to cope a lot better. And um, when we were um, uh, deciding what to try and do with the house, because it was just a total mess and it was a danger on the site, we had someone come in and take the tin off the roof and knock a couple of walls down, which which were teetering, uh, which allowed us to go inside the ruins and um, do a bit of digging around and scraping around and that sort of thing. And she was very, very um, emotional about that sort of thing. Um, and uh, I think she found a lot of comfort. When Samaritan Purse came, um, some of the ladies uh, suited up, jumped into the, uh, into the pit, I suppose you'd call it, and helped a rake through. But I think more than helping a rake through the, the rubble and picking up bits and pieces was more the, the, the conversations that she was having with them. I wasn't privy to that, but it seemed to um, give her a bit of comfort that she was talking to other women. Um, they were there helping her. They were just chatting, and uh, I think that's, that gave her a lot of comfort. But she, she was still emotional, and she still is, but um, she's... Um, coming to terms with things now we're even looking at other houses or rebuilding we're going through that process now we haven't decided what we're going to do but uh, eventually we'll, we'll make a decision and then we'll just stick by it uh, so you're a long-time resident of Malawa Bay well we we moved in uh, we moved to the bay um, in 2003 on a full-time basis um, so that's about 17 years um, we're not as long as some we, we couldn't be classified as locals. Um, but, yeah, we and we love it here, and we're going to stay in the bay. We'll stay in this area, uh, whether it be rebuild on the site or buy another house or whatever. So we're not quite sure yet. You find yourself raking through the rubble. Uh, it's your family home that's been reduced to ashes. You rescue what you can, and uh, I know that the Samaritan's Purse crew, when they turn up, they they help you go through that rubble, and if there is anything that's salvageable, they help you salvage that. They sure do. Uh, The idea of rebuilding, I mean, how daunting is that? I didn't ask you what your age was, but you and your wife, uh, are you ready to go again? Or, I mean, this is one of those things that no doubt it's a big, big decision you'll have to make as to to how you recover and rebuild. But uh, you said you hadn't, you're at a point where you're planning some of those things and thinking about them, but uh, that's, you know, at this time of your life, you hadn't anticipated this would have to happen. Absolutely not. It's uh, it's part of the decision-making process to, to look at it and say, 
am I capable? Uh, do I want to? Um, I'm, I certainly want to, um, but I, I don't have the capability uh, myself to do those things that I did when 20 years ago or 15 years ago when I was when we we're setting up the place. Um, so you know those decisions will have to be made you know in the next uh, few months, I suppose. Um, but well, we just have to go through it. And you mentioned that you're yourself a volunteer firefighter and have done some of that uh, that voluntary work over the years. Is it any easier for you because you've seen these sorts of things happen before? When you've worked and tried to save other people's properties and all of a sudden your property's gone, your home's gone, how does that affect you differently to what you might have seen in past times? Well, I've, I have never seen um, a fire like this. Um, I haven't been to a house fire in terms of um, trying to defend someone's home um, but we've certainly done a lot of hazard reduction around the area and that sort of thing. But I have never, ever seen a fire like this. It was just out of control. There was nothing that could have stopped it at the point it hit our house anyway. Uh, it went other places, and sure, they, they were able to stop it uh, or divert it or push it around, but not when it hit our place. And just quickly, Warren, because we're about to go to the news, uh, these guys at Samaritan's Purse... When you say, here you are at home and 20 volunteers arrive and, and they've got some handles on their shovels and they're helping you go through the rubble. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how do you feel when people turn up to help? Because no doubt there'll be some listening to us today who might want to be connecting with Samaritan's Purse. Uh, from the homeowner's point of view, when you've just lost your home, how do you feel when a volunteer turns up to help? It's it's overwhelming, um, the amount of support. You just you feel like you're a bit you're lost uh, and then all of a sudden all these people turn up and you think, wow, you know, where, did, where did this come from? You know, you, you, What do these people expect? And they don't expect anything. They just want to help. And that's, that's fantastic. You know, I, just, I can't praise them enough. They are just, they're a godsend. And, of course, you've kept close contact with them, no doubt, because, uh, you know, you're... They've got your number and you've got theirs. Well, I, I, I found uh, I, we still have our letterbox on the post. It's a bit hard to get at, but I was up there yesterday and um, somebody had put a, quite a lovely Bible in, in the letterbox for us and the people signed it and, you know, given us all their best wishes and that sort of thing. It was fantastic. Uh, amazing encouragement. Warren, thank you so much for uh, being part of 2020 today. Thank you for telling your story. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.